1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hello, it's Basha here, and you're listening to the Slow Newscast from Tortoise. Now, you might remember a few weeks ago, we returned to some of the key investigations that we've published in the last year to stick with the story and to understand what might have changed. Has there been a moment of reckoning, accountability? Has our reporting had an impact? In this episode, we're returning to the strange and troubling world of online porn. So I'm here with my esteemed colleague, Alexi Mostras, who, along with Xavier Greenwood and Patricia Clark and producer Katie Gunning, reported an episode last year called Hunt for the Porn King. It was about Pornhub, one of the most visited websites in the world. But really, it was about the company behind Pornhub called MindGeek. That company sort of prides itself on having a bit of a cheeky image and a very cavalier, libertarian attitude. But while it didn't seem to care at all about the privacy of the people featured in the videos on its platform, the owner took a very different view of his own privacy. And so we set out to find the man behind the porn empire.
3: Sorry, do you mind just driving to the end of the road and then turning around the corner? thank you it's 5 30 in the morning i'm in an uber on my way to a mansion that sits on one of london's most expensive streets just round here just behind that, that mercedes please i'm going there because i want to speak to a man who lives there i take a walk up and down the street and then settle about 20 meters away from the house the man i'm there to meet is one of those rare people who leave almost no trace online He's the majority owner of a huge international company, a company that owns dozens of websites. One of those websites is the tenth most visited in the world. Three billion people visit it every month. I'm talking, of course, about online porn. It's the porn business that provides the man I'm looking for with tens of millions of dollars in profit every year. But until very recently, no-one even knew that this man existed. It matters because online porn is facing a reckoning. It's accused of facilitating and broadcasting the abuse of women and of allowing torrents of abusive imagery to saturate the internet. And yet, we still know almost nothing about the men behind this industry. I'm here to find a man called Bernd Bergmayer, the primary owner of MindGeek, a huge Canadian porn company, and the company that runs Pornhub, the world's number one porn site. And crucially, like YouTube, Pornhub allows anyone who wants to to upload content. And this creates a massive problem. How do you make sure that abusive material doesn't get through? In Pornhub's case, the answer seems to be, you don't. Then came February this year when leaders of MindGeek, two men called Ferris Antoon and David Tassillo appeared before Canadian MPs to face allegations that child pornography was on their flagship Geek, website. We
1: just heard from a witness uh, that she tried to get explicit videos of her that were on Pornhub without her consent when she was 13 years old removed. I guess it is the case that MindGeek, or any of its at least 48 subsidiaries, has monetized child sexual abuse and non-consensual material.
3: Ferris Antoon defended MindGeek, telling the MPs that he had created a very good product that he was proud of. For me, though, one short bit of his testimony stood out. Who is, who is the European national? Uh, his name is Bernd Bergmeier, and he owns over 50%. This was the first time that Antoon, or indeed any representative of MindGeek, had named the man who is the group's majority owner. We had a name, Bernd Bergmeier. Bergmayer, to me, seemed to be the ultimate expression of this corporate opacity, a man who, despite considerable power in the porn industry, had kept himself completely out of the public eye. But after these revelations, it became very clear to me that finding out who Bernd Bergmayer is really matters. Bent. Bernd Bergmayer.
1: I found this on the web.
3: Jesus, that's my Alexa. <laughs> I need to introduce two reporters, Patricia and Xavier. We we don't know
4: anything at all, apart from his date of birth, where he was born, where he is possibly resident now, and then the last thing which the Globe and Mail described was a single blurry photo. Oh, yeah. And that was in an alumni publication for the University of
3: Chicago. But I had also found something good. So... There's this actor called Michael Tay, who has posted a series of pictures of a guy called Berg Bergmeier, roughly the same age. There's lots of little clues that maybe this is our man. His Facebook only has six friends and is a private profile, so if it wasn't for Michael Tay, you wouldn't see it. So at this point, we were making real progress. We'd found up-to-date pictures of someone we thought might be Bergmayer on Facebook and had some interesting background from Austria. And then, a few days later, another breakthrough. We find Bergmayer's partner, a woman called Priscilla, on Instagram.
1: Hey, everybody. So I'm going to show you how I make my pictures. Everyone say I make really nice pictures.
3: Even though she's definitely not the story, we're seeing potentially really valuable clues that could tell us more about her partner. Pictures of more houses in Austria, names of relatives, trips she's taken to Italy, Greece, the Seychelles. They all could lead us closer to burnt. But the most exciting thing about Priscilla's Instagram page isn't actually a picture. It's one word in her profile description. London. Were we really justified in trying to unmask one man just because he held a large investment in a private company? And the answer, for me at least, lies in one word, harm.
0: You know, there's just no way that they're vetting 7 million videos uploaded to Pornhub every year.
3: That's Layla Micklewaite. She's an anti-trafficking campaigner.
0: There was a case of a 15-year-old girl in Florida who was found to be raped and abused in 58 videos on Pornhub she had been missing for a year and her mother was tipped off because somebody had seen the girl on Pornhub. But nobody had brought to the world's attention that the most popular porn site in the world was not verifying age or consent.
3: Until recently, anyone with a valid email address could upload content to Pornhub. They didn't have to prove they were over 18 or verify their identity. MindGeek makes 50% of its money from advertising and the rest from premium subscriptions. The more visitors that they can attract, the more money they make. And last year, MindGeek brought in revenues of close to $450 million. Ferris Antoon, the Pornhub CEO, told the Canadian MPs that safety was MindGeek's top priority. He said that human moderators watch every single video uploaded to the site. MindGeek at times had as few as six and no more than 30 moderators for the entire site of all the uploading. It is mathematically impossible for them to review the content. Until very recently you could
4: punch in words like child rape or rape, child porn, CP, code words, all these sort of things, and you would get a result, you would get videos.
3: I'd ask Patricia to focus on finding victims to speak to.
1: I'm one of the people who ended up homeless, ended up dropping out of school, ended up on drugs, um, completely detached, like, detached from my family.
3: That's Serena Flighters. She's 19 now, but when she was 14, she made a video for a boy she was dating, and he posted it to Pornhub.
1: I ended up trying to kill myself many times.
3: This is Serena talking to the Canadian Ethics Committee.
1: Uh, I ended up in mental hospitals. There was instances where the video would have, like, li- literally 2.7 million views. And it would still be on Pornhub, despite hundreds of comments saying that, oh, this is definitely child pornography. And yet Pornhub still wouldn't take it down. Even when I messaged them multiple times, it would take forever.
3: I should say that MindGeek strongly denies any wrongdoing. Its executives told the Canadian MPs they were committed to doing more to safeguard users and performers.
1: I had messaged Pornhub to get the video taken down. Tried to deal with it on my own. I pretended to be my mother. I flagged it and I said, "Hey, this is um, this is my daughter. She's only 14 now. This is child pornography. Please take this down." And they, you know, they re- t- it took like a week or two to respond. And then once they finally responded, they're like, "Oh yes, okay, we'll take it down." And then proceeded to wait another two weeks before they finally did take it down.
3: And that's why you find me on that smart street, early on a Monday morning, waiting and watching. I was there to finally try and get some answers from Bernd Bergmayer. All right. At half past eight, there's movement.
2: Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is
3: that him? I think that's that him. Team? Yes, it is. Mr Bergmeier. hi. I'm, I'm very sorry to disturb you at your, your house. I just wondered if I could ask you a few questions about MindGeek. Do you mind? We're producing a story about MindGeek, sir. And a lot of the victims on Pornhub, a lot of the victims on Pornhub are very anxious to hear what you think about how Pornhub allowed lots of horrible videos to be on their, on their site. So do you have anything to say? Do you have anything to say to the women? To the victims? No? Okay. He looked really angry, just genuinely shocked that we'd found him, and really angry. I hadn't quite believed that he would really be there, but there he was standing in front of me, just another middle-aged guy wearing a black anorak and dad jeans, refusing to answer any of my questions. And that, that was it. I felt weirdly deflated. We tried sending him a letter by registered post and numerous emails, but he's refused to engage or even acknowledge us. It seems to me that Bernd Bergmayer represents something that's dangerous in today's internet economy. He represents the ability of a company to prioritise clicks over safety, profit over transparency. Finding Bergmayer feels like the beginning of accountability for MindGeek and for the other massive porn companies who are, to be honest, just as secretive.
4: Hello, it's Tomini from Tortoise. This podcast is sponsored by EY. Safe, efficient and reliable railways help to keep us all connected, thanks to Network Rail. Yet, maintenance on the railways is a risky and sometimes fatal business. At Network Rail, two previous attempts to invigorate its track worker safety programmes had failed, leaving employees feeling sceptical that the organisation could ever get railway safety right. Since 2019, EY teams have worked with Network Rail to deliver a transformation that improved safety protocols and changed employee behavior around safety. Network Rail, Rail Hub, a new digital safety platform and app, eliminated inaccurate paper trails and worked offline so it could be used by workers in remote locations. Since the platform was introduced, near misses affecting maintenance workers on the railways have fallen by 40%. Read the full story at ey.com. Hi, Alexi. Hello.
2: So we just heard a clip from your pretty gripping search for the man behind Pornhub. It was a real accountability moment, wasn't it, for the victims of Pornhub?
3: It was actually one of the nicest parts of the whole uh, process because cause after we uh, published the podcast, we got messages, I think maybe kind of five, six messages from victims, some of whom we hadn't actually spoken to at all. And they just said that it was really useful for them and really important for them to know who the guy behind the company that had put them through so much pain was. Yeah. So in that sense... It was a kind of personal accountability moment. We also had lawyers getting in contact saying, Can you give us this guy's address? Because we want to name him in uh uh lawsuits. So there was there was that side of things as well.
2: So be- beyond finding Bernd Bergmeyer, what's happened to Pornhub and MindGeek since you found him in London?
3: So it's it's been a, a torrid year or so for, for, for Pornhub and, and for MindGeek. Since our investigation, there have been more lawsuits uh, that have been filed against uh, the company on behalf of uh, dozens of of women. The lawsuit that we talked about in the in the show that was settled. So fifty plus women got significant payouts uh, from from Pornhub uh, in California. But then in, in in Canada there was this big kind of class action five hundred million million dollar lawsuit uh, that that was launched that's still still ongoing. So kind of amid all that pressure um, the two executives at the center of the company that, that weren't Bernd Bergmayer, um a guy called David Tassilo and a guy called uh, Feras Antoon um literally last month they both uh, stepped down. So I think that that was probably the biggest kind of single impact uh on the company. Not just as a result of our investigation but but everything that had been uh, all the pressure that had been put on the company since Nick Kristoff, the New York Times journalist, really kicked this whole process off in mm. December 2020.
2: And what's happening for the victims now that there's this sort of domino effect that all these cases are starting to come to court?
3: I, I think that some of the victims are um, getting significant payouts from the company, uh, which I think will go at least some way to compensating them for what... Uh, Pornhub put them through uh, Pornhub and MindGeek have uh, been forced to change their own rules around kind of what videos go up on the site and what content they allow so the potential for future abuse has uh, been been uh, lowered and there are systems now in place particularly around like this class action lawsuit that will allow more victims uh, to, to come forward so I, I don't see the situation stopping anytime soon
2: and are there any moves towards self-regulation? Are the companies changing the way that they do things or are we talking more about kind of government-imposed regulation?
3: The issue of regulation is 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 really interesting. So, so Pornhub make a big deal about how the fact that they have now got a system in place where they do react to concerns quite quickly. And they've done studies that show that they react to child abuse imagery faster than like Facebook or... Or Twitter, and they kind of make a big play about that. But obviously, they're in a particularly sensitive situation because they're a a porn company. So the potential for abuse is, is much greater. But look, I think basically the situation with regulation is that it's got better. You know, you can't just upload a video on Pornhub now with an email address of a minor and not have it taken down for three years, which is what you could do before. But it's still not fantastic mm. and that's only one company there's like a whole bunch of different companies that that haven't even done what what mind Geek has done so that's a long-winded way of saying that there are calls for kind of wider government government regulation um so that you take it out of the hands of the individual companies but it hasn't quite happened yet
2: yeah and you said that there are other companies are there sort of are there other really poor examples of 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 companies that are basically making money off tons of porn that is poorly regulated.
3: Yeah, so there's MindGeek is the biggest overall porn company. Um but Pornhub is not actually the world's most popular porn website. That honor goes to a website called Xvideos, uh which is owned by um this very secretive guy in France and his sister. And this guy in France called Paco is kind of like Bergmeier in the sense that, like, no one else has ever seen a photograph of him. He like lives in the shadows, and it's the same thing. It's like Pornhub, MindGeek, like six years ago. You go on this site, and honestly, you—it's insane what is on there. And it's especially insane when you look and you find out that Xvideos is like the sixth most popular website in the world. Like, how is that possible?
2: So what you're saying is that beyond Pornhub and MindGeek, the story doesn't end there. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done to ensure that this industry is not exploiting women and victimizing them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But there's a problem because MindGeek is a kind of Canadian company. There's there's a lot of visibility, a lot of press around Pornhub in the US. Uh, Nick Kristoff wrote about Pornhub. There's a hedge fund guy called Bill Ackman that put a lot of pressure on MasterCard to withdraw services from Pornhub. Everything is Pornhub, Pornhub, Pornhub. And no one really cares to the same extent, especially in America, about X videos. Maybe because it's a European company, maybe because they feel like they've kind of solved the problem Mm -hmm. in terms of MindGeek, but there is this big elephant in the room that kind of we need need to work out how to tackle too, journalistically, but... It's basically you thought mine geek was bad, this is worse.
2: Well it sounds like you've got your mission then where you need to go next. seems like it. so so your journey into the world of online porn is not over. it does it sounds like
3: my professional journey <laughs> into the world of online porn isn't over. no. there's like there's a lot more to, a lot more to go at.
2: Great. Well good luck. Thank you. As ever, thank you so much for listening. We'll keep you updated on where the story goes next and look forward to bring you another investigation next time on The Slow Newscast. This episode of The Slow Newscast was produced by Imi Harper, the editor was David Taylor, and it was presented by me, Basha Cummings.
4: Hello, it's Tomini from Tortoise. This podcast is sponsored by EY. The risks posed by AI range from bias in decision making to misinformation and the misuse of personal information, all at an unprecedented scale. Nearly a quarter of UK businesses understand that the regulatory landscape is changing fast, and nearly half are tracking new regulatory guidance to be responsive to emerging best practice. The EY Responsible AI Service helps organisations innovate safely, providing confidence that AI and generative AI technologies are developed and managed ethically, transparently and sustainably, and that potential regulatory and reputational risks are identified and mitigated. Discover how you can create a better working world with AI by going to ey.ai.
0: for free shipping
3: and 365-day returns. We're supposed to learn from our own mistakes, but other people's errors can be instructive too. From efforts to control the weather that went disastrously awry to the untimely death of the Segway boss, history is a treasure trove of mishaps and meltdowns that can teach us all. I'm Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, the podcast that mines the greatest fiascos of the past for their most valuable lessons. Listen to Cautionary Tales wherever you get your podcasts.